we're here today at uh, St Michael's Church of England Academy in Bedworth. Um, I'm Beth Goodliffe, NCTM Communications Officer, and I'm here today meeting Leanne Casey. Uh, Leanne's a Deputy Head at St Michael's and she's also part of the Maths Leadership. Uh, she's a Maths SLE. She works four days a week at St Michael's and one day a week at the London North East Maths Hub. And we're here to find out a little bit more about her work as a mastery specialist, how she's introduced mastery at St Michael's and how her work is now going beyond that. So, hi Leanne, thank hi. you for meeting with us today. Um, first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about how you became a mastery specialist, what the training involved, kind of how you went from maybe not knowing about it at all to the position you're in now. Okay, so um, at the time uh, I'd already had some involvement with the Maths Hub. The Central Maths Hub was my initial contact, obviously, with here in the Midlands. The Central Maths Hub is based in Birmingham and the reach is Birmingham, Worcester, Coventry and lots of the surrounding area. Um, we, uh, The first contact I had was a very beginning of the Maths Hub programme. So I actually went to the launch event of the establishment of the Central Maths Hub, um, found out a bit more about what it was, and during that year had some CPD directly from the Maths Hub. So um, Helen Hackett and Claire Duncan, who are teaching for Mastery Leads at Central Maths Hub, they came and delivered some subject knowledge enhancement um, in my school, and that was our first contact. Um, the year after that, I became an SLE for Maths and began to deliver some of the subject knowledge enhancement for the Central Maths Hub. Um, and towards the end of that year, I became aware of the Mastery Specialist Programme and the opportunities that were available um, through that training. So there was an application process um, and an interview process, which was quite scary. Um, but it was really kind of, for me, focusing on how I was going to benefit from it professionally, but also about how the school was going to benefit from it um, and how mathematically we were going to move our children on. So we, I applied for it, had an interview and became a mastery specialist two, three years ago. Um, so the training was really in depth. Um, it was a series of residentials across the year. Um, full day, it's two full days of time of maths. <laughs> so by the end of the second day, everybody's got a bit of a headache, but you know, it was really, really in depth, um, really quality training from the NCTM, um, led by very senior people, people that you knew within the mathematical community. So Debbie, Morgan, um, and as well as lots of other people, um, kind of steering the, the CPD around where we currently were with our understanding of maths, of maths mastery. What was really good about it, I think, is that you got a real national picture and a really good understanding as a, a specialist about where the country was going as well as where your school was just going. So it gave you a really kind of outward facing view of maths nationally. Um, it was very timely as well, obviously, with the introduction of the new maths curriculum um, and it enabled myself to have a really good understanding of what we were trying to achieve nationally I think in maths as well as just for my own school um, so the training was obviously lots of um, CPD around giving key messages and understanding what mastery was but we also had the opportunity which was really real privilege to go into schools as part of that training um, and look at lessons which is a really key feature of, of understanding mastery and seeing what it is, is seeing it in practice. So my training sessions were always held in Bristol and we were really lucky to be invited into school, local schools to go and watch existing mastery specialists teach and I think that was a real fundamental part of, I don't think sometimes you can really understand what it is until you see it in practice. So that was the training year. And 
how is it, so you you went to the training you mm-hmm. kind of learned everything you needed to learn mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as that was possible yeah um and then you kind of come out at the end of that a mastery specialist what, what were the next steps after that what happened next how were you then able to go and take what you'd learned and those approaches and, and start putting those into practice um i think first of all during that year it was a real um focus on making sure that things were in place in my own school um we were aware that obviously in that this towards the end of our training year we were asked to take on a developmental teacher research group which is working with a small group of schools maybe schools that you knew it was kind of like friends and family sort of things schools that you've worked with before to kind of establish how you were as a mastery specialist going to develop the role so look at lessons together so obviously the big emphasis in the first year was about making sure that mastery was implemented in my own school um and you know we've got a really strong maths leadership team here um and the three of us work really closely together uh, and we actually teach across the school so it was really important as i mean when you get switch your whole systems for maths and you you know you're really looking at developing a curriculum it's you're in two minds I think whether to go softly softly establish it in certain year groups or whether to just go whole hog and all in and we made the decision to go whole hog and all in and just um you know searching for a better word than sweep up as you go along but I can't think of one so yeah sweep up the pick up the issues as you go along iron things out and actually in hindsight that was I feel the best thing for my school um and did, did that necessitate the buy-in of, of your head teacher? Was that yeah that enabled you to? Yeah, to absolutely. Go I mean, and... he was key in obviously when you train as a mastery specialist. There is you know certain days out of school that you'd have to take. Then there is um, as a head teacher being open and and you know it is people coming in and trawling through your books and looking through your lessons and analysing your curriculum and I think you've got to have real buy-in from a head teacher and real confidence as well to open your school up and say look this is what we're doing we're not 100% there yet and I don't think you'll ever be 100% there yet you know we're three years on and we're still very much in that journey um but yeah huge buy-in for the head teacher I think in terms of how the role has developed over time, um, the first year very much about establishing in my own school and trying a teacher research group. The second year, so last year, I had a group of seven schools um, that worked together on a teacher research uh, group. So real collaborative learning around what mastery looks like in the classroom, holding sessions here, always looking at the learning, looking at the maths, picking apart what we've seen in the lessons. Um, And then this year, um, developing that even further really I think what we've learned around the mastery specialism program like you've just indicated is about that buy-in from leadership and about the importance of making sure that when we're working with schools that you've got head teachers and senior leaders on board um, because otherwise you have a situation where you've got teachers who are very excited they've learned something new they've seen something that they really want to put in practice but then that might not fit in or align to whole school priorities or systems back in their own schools so very much having that senior leadership team on board is really important and you talked about obviously you had that buy-in, you had that support, and you did go all in. You trained everybody, and and St Michael's absolutely embraced mastery. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the context of the school um, prior to the introduction of mastery, because sometimes schools might say our math results are fine, we don't need this, mm-hmm. or they might say our math results are a million miles away, it's it's too much for us. What was the context of St Michael's at the point at which? you started introducing mastery ideas yeah so um pre-mastery well actually talk to you about the context of school before i talk about the math so i think it's really important um that it's to understand that mastery has been a big part of our journey so we have we were in special measures um a number of years ago um we 
um, were we uh, academised um, and changed to an academy and obviously we had to make changes, rapid improvements um, and actually that was a lot of pressure on staff as I'm sure you can imagine, you know, um, being having messages from people outside that what we're doing is not good enough and that things aren't as they should be um, is really difficult and actually personally very difficult as well as professionally for a lot of staff. So thinking about how to overhaul a curriculum area um, had to be done quite carefully particularly when it was our strongest curriculum area. So at this time, we had, our real focuses were reading and writing. Um, and actually... Just threw maths in yeah, there as well. Threw maths in there as well. But, you know, um, we had, and we had to think very carefully, you know, we had, we had conversations with the leadership team. How are we going to make sure that staff understand the importance of this when, you know, we talk a lot about if it's not broke, don't fix it. And actually it wasn't broke, it was strong in terms of results. But when we spoke to staff, and we talked to staff a lot, we did a bit of a staff voice before we made any changes, and they, we asked them how happy they were with their teaching of maths. Um, they recognised that it was a strength of the school, but actually they felt that their subject knowledge and their pedagogy wasn't strong, and they knew that a new curriculum was coming, and that it was very much led from them. And not that it wasn't strong, but that... I think everybody was in that position when the new curriculum came in and this you're hearing this word mastery and everybody was in the same position, the whole country's in the position, actually what is it, what is mastery? Um, so it very much came from staff that they wanted to make changes, they wanted to develop their understanding and their subject knowledge. Um, so we had to be very considered about it. What we did, we were had the luxury, obviously, of myself being a mastery specialist, having a really strong maths lead, and also working with another school really closely in our academy. So we did some lots of staff training, but we also did some planning for staff. So we enabled staff to to teach it without really having to think of how am I going to plan this. Right. So to experience what it was like to teach for mastery without really thinking about how to get there. So a kind what of I mean. scaffolded approach to, a real to scaffolded approach, to get yeah. them to where so they need to be. Here's the plan in, here's some lessons, we teach taught alongside people, we did model lessons and this is what it can look like, it's not going to look like this straight away. And I think juggling that was one of the hardest things, this this idea as a school we've got to rapidly improve, but uh, what knowing what you know about teaching and learning you have to give people the time to, to get better and to look at what's not working well or what is working well and put those things into effect. And actually, really, really important to have that scaffolded approach. So we planned for people um, and then we planned with teachers. And then after that Christmas, in that first year of overhauling the curriculum, we let people go on their own. And when I say go on their own, I mean like have a go at planning on their own. Um, then we obviously heavily supported that with planning surgeries um, and things like that as well. And it was not without its hiccups, um, it was not without its hurdles, the same with anything really. Um, we generally, I mean what was really brilliant about that time is it was so buzzing about maths. You walk around school anyway and there'd be like people hanging out their classroom doors, peering in next door, seeing what's going on in there and every conversation you heard in the corridors was about, oh how did that go in maths today and what did they do and oh what did your class do and what did your class do? Um, and there was lots and lots of conversations about maths. Um, it took some people longer than others, absolutely. Um, you know, 
uh, one of my staff will openly say that at the start they were not sold. Um, somebody who was very good at maths, who enjoyed teaching maths, who liked maths and just found it very difficult to change, um, who now is one of the strongest advocates of that way of teaching in school because once you see the children really understanding, having a really deep understanding of maths, then you don't need to do any more selling of a mastery approach really. And you trained the teaching assistants as well? As yeah, so um, all of the CPD that we did around the maths was whole school. Um, so it's been really important for us to have our teaching assistants on board, a really strong um, group of staff, you know, really experienced. Um, and then we've had some new staff this year who are inexperienced and we paired them with more experienced teaching assistants to, to look at things like that, um, to look at maths intervention and what that looks like and how that, in a mastery setting, how that looks quite differently to traditional intervention groups um, but in the classroom as well a lot of work has happened not just with teachers and with everybody about mathematical mindsets and about really making the children struggle and that's quite hard sometimes to watch that um, and to let them struggle and to pick away at something and pick and pick and pick at a mathematical idea knowing that somebody's struggling um, but letting them do it has been a really key part of what we've done and we I mean one of our learning values is resilience um, and we talk a lot about mathematical resilience and you know real emphasis on if you ask a child a question and they don't know the answer then you don't move on from them you enable them to find the answer you scaffold the answer because you know as teachers we can't talk about resilience in one breath and then ask a child a question and the minute they don't get it then move on to somebody else so it's been very a big part of what we've done, not just about teaching and learning, but about mindsets, attitudes, and kind of um, subliminal messages that you give around maths. Um, we saw a teacher this morning talking about the manipulatives, didn't we? And um, they said, if the manipulatives are out in the table, if you want to use them. And I'm really pleased to hear that because in the past we've heard things like, if you need to use them. And the message there is that manipulatives are only for weaker mathematicians or only if you're struggling, and actually they're not. They are there to expose the structure and show you how the maths works. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff about mindsets, lots of things about questioning, um, and we had our recent Ofsted, and we were so happy with how maths came out of our recent Ofsted. You know, the teacher subject knowledge came out really strong, teacher questioning came out really strong, and resilience for the children as well, so I'm really happy. And the school's now got a good Ofsted yeah. grading. Yeah, yeah, got a good Ofsted <laughs> grading. Fantastic. Yeah, so really happy. And so as you said, we, we visited a lot of classrooms this morning. Um, we saw lots of amazing things going on. We saw children loving maths and exploring lots of different things in different ways. And, and what we saw this morning um, was uh, a, a range of staff, experienced staff, NQTs, staff who are new to the school. Obviously, when you first introduced mastery, you had, as you said, the luxury of being able to have that time. You had mm -hmm. twilight sessions. Logistically, you, you were able to put the training in. When new staff start now, how do you ensure that they get up to speed as much as you need them to be and that all staff kind of stay topped up at that standard that you yeah. want them to be at? Um, we are lucky in the fact that we retention is really good here. We, we tend to keep staff um, in terms of we don't have a lot of turnover. However, we have grown this year, year on year. So we've gone to two formentary across the schools. So we've had four new teachers. So we've had a new reception teacher, um, a new year three teacher, a new year four teacher and a new year five teacher. So we've gone to two formentary. So obviously it's been really key that because we're not spending so much time, I mean, it's always going to be a focus for us. You know, like I said earlier, it's it's a journey. There's never any such thing as we're done with mastery. It's fully implemented because 
it's just not a thing. It can't be ever a thing. <laughs> never finished. <laughs> never finished. Um, so, um, but we don't have huge chunks of time this year to spend on maths mastery. You know, it's constant focus and we're constantly picking things up. But, you know, like I say, it was fully implemented years ago. So looking at how that is... Um, going to look for new staff is really important so reception teacher um i've spent a lot of time with reception teacher and the other reception teacher in there is very well established and has really taught mastery and, fl- and flown with it um you know the children really focused on using the models and images in reception that are going to come up in year one looking at representation and structure a lot in reception you know flooding the environment with tens frames part hole diagrams lots of manipulatives real good understanding over there about the pedagogy behind composition of number and that being so important for children coming out of the early years and even in the nursery the children have tens frames so mm. the, the ideas yeah. are introduced yeah all the so and we use the five frames um and one of the things um we we use um tracking learning trajectories for the early years as well which is a really good book about um that looks at cognitive understanding of maths alongside kind of uh, the development matters framework so we have a two-year-old nursery as well and we have early years really really early years over there and we have an early years play worker who um and an early years assistant who look at the maths in the two-year-old provision and make sure that that's feeding into the three-year-old provision and then so on into the early years so everything we do we try and make sure it's streamlined so for to go back to your original question sorry um so with new staff we make sure that they obviously we pair with really experienced staff so from a reception point of view that's happened um our year, new year three teacher she's on our trg this year so i've got a group of schools that come here but i release the year three teacher from class um every time we've got a trg so that she sits on those she also has an additional hours ppa a week where she looks at maths um each week so um not every week but you know most weeks she would look at maths um so it's a we acknowledge as a school actually that coming to somewhere different and getting your head around different ways of doing things is really difficult so if we do have any extra pockets of ppa we would always give those to new staff to make sure that they can get their head around (laughs) systems and things like that so a year three teacher for example two weeks ago i did a learning walk for maths and she joined me on the learning walk um to make sure that she's seeing maths outside of her own classroom because it can be quite insular i think when you start a new school when you don't know people um and you're told this is how we teach maths here get on with it that can be quite tricky so we do as much as we can to try and make sure that people are prepared for that um we've got year new year four and new year five teachers both are um nqt or training year um, and they're paired with a really strong teacher. Um, for the first half term in year five, um, somebody taught maths in there every morning for half a term for the head to watch, um, uh, or most mornings, depending on what the focus was. In year four, um, we have an NQT, and the partner teacher teaches in the year four class once a week so that she can see it being taught. Because, like I said to you earlier, until you see it, it's I can stand in a room with new staff with a PowerPoint in front of me as much as I can tell them what mastery is but until they see it day in day and actually see the struggles that other people have with it and see the things that still aren't perfect with everybody's mm-hmm. practice I think that's really powerful when you come somewhere new and think actually I'm not walking into the finished product I'm walking into a school that's on a journey yes this is how we do maths but it's a journey it's a journey it's a journey it sounds like you've got a very sustainable model yeah for, for 
keeping mastery yeah. high profile for supporting and, and training new staff and yeah. and one of the things that's been very obvious this morning as I've been walking around is that staff do just talk to each other about maths they they do co-planning they yeah. seem to be always knocking on each other's doors and just checking things asking questions evaluating lessons and tweaking improving and that seems to be a, a embedded into the the culture here yeah, definitely absolutely and I think really important that the children see that you know we acknowledge particularly in year six um we're constantly like what answer did you get for that <laughs> that's not what I've got <laughs> you know because that acknowledgement for the children that actually this is tricky eh? and you do need to check and actually sometimes it's useful to check with somebody else mm. if you're not sure and you know like I say about that resilience not relying on the teacher not relying on me for what's right you know I hope that you saw that this morning when you saw the teacher you know I have children saying oh I've gone wrong somewhere and our reaction should be well go and work out if you've worked out you've gone wrong you're halfway there so yeah. go back and work out where you have gone wrong you don't really need me track back um, and trying to make that a really key part of practice as well that the onus is on the children to work out where they've gone wrong yeah. rather than going to a teacher so obviously um it's been it's been transformative at st michael's and it's mm. had uh, massive benefits for the pupils for the staff what about for you personally and professionally how has being a mastery specialist benefited you um i think it's opened a lot of doors definitely professionally um so I started off being a mastery specialist um, for the Central, uh, Central Maths Hub. Um, the work I was doing as a mastery, mastery specialist obviously gave me a profile within my own academy. So I've been given the opportunity to work with some of my academy schools, um, which has been really good. Getting to know um, the wider family um, of the academy, um, working alongside of the maths leads. The training that I've had, I think, has really, really deepened my subject knowledge and it's really, I mean, I can get a bit evangelical about this, but, you know, it's very, it's a real privilege to be able to share that with other people, with the schools. What I wouldn't want is for the training that I've had to only benefit my school. You know, we've got a family of schools in our town, we've got a consortium of schools, we've got a consortium, a, a link of schools across our academy, you know, then we've got the wider community of the Maths Hub. And I really, I'm really passionate that the training that I've had should be, I'm really passionate about the maths being right, you know, and I wanted to be right for everybody. And I'm not saying that I 100% know what's right, but I know from the training that I've had, I've got a really good understanding, I think, of what mastery looks like, because it is a really bespoke piece of CPD that you get from the NCETM. Um, and what's really good as well is I had a um, notification on the NCTM from, I think it was from Alison Hopper, to say that the new training materials for this cohort of mastery specialists are going to be made available to us, which I think is really important because actually I'm three years down the line now and we know that the research tells us something new every year and the more we go on this journey, the more we're learning, the more the NCTM are learning, the more the maths are learning. So keeping that dialogue open is really important. So yeah, it opened lots of doors for me amongst my, the work in my academy. <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> allows me to have a wider impact, I think, which I'm really passionate about. Um, it's also, um, you know, I, the work I do with the London North East now, my um, massive lead put me in touch with the lead down in London, and I do some work for them now on a Friday on the Mastery Readiness Project and the Sustaining Mastery Projects. Tell a little bit about that then, because that, that must be interesting that you've obviously you've done a lot of work locally here, you've worked at the school and now you are spending time down there, I assume a different context. Yeah, different, completely different. Different work for you. What What is your work with the Mastery Readiness and the Sustaining Mastery involved? So they're very much a bridge of the Teaching for Mastery, the TRG year. So the Readiness Project works with schools um, 
uh, on the year prior to being part of a TRG. Um, I think it's really vital. I know it's come from national feedback, like I said earlier about teachers who've maybe been part of a TRG, but then come up with, maybe not resistance from leadership, but priorities not aligning, I think would be a better way of saying it. Um, you know, the readiness project very much works with head teachers and maths leads to enable them to understand this is what a mastery approach looks like. So not the first year, the readiness program is not massively about making whole school changes to teaching and learning. It's about developing systems and leadership within the school so that when those teaching and learning changes happen, they're not at conflict with what the expectations are at leadership level. So for example, uh, I don't know, to hone on something specific, you might have, you know, I would be saying in a TRG as a mastery specialist, there's absolutely no point doing next steps marking in maths because the next lessons are next steps. If you're teaching a mastery curriculum, you know, you tick and flick, you pick up your mistakes, you make sure that you guide your teaching towards those the next lessons, the next step. You don't need to be doing next steps, depth problems. Then those teachers might go back to school and their leadership team would say, but our marking policy says that every third piece of maths work should have a next step problem on. You know, so it's making sure that things like that don't happen. That's what the, re the readiness project is very much about, preparing the school for those changes. And what's really nice, again, is that the one of the big focuses of the readiness project is about mathematical mindsets. Making sure that everybody can achieve and making sure that everybody knows that everybody can achieve. Um, and trying to do everything we can to remove that setting of maths in primary and do everything we can to remove those barriers to children that is a, a you know this misconception i guess that mathematical capability is preordained that actually we know now from all the research that there is no such thing as a maths brain there is no such thing as a child being good at maths or not good at maths that maths is about practice and returning to the same thing and going over it and being resilient it's not about good at maths or not good at maths um, so the readiness project is all about that the sustaining project is at the other end of the TRG so again from national feedback through the NCETM around schools feeling a bit what do I do now at the end of that year you know when you don't no longer have a mastery specialist I say no longer have a mastery specialist so I have I stay in contact with my schools you know I'll do everything I can for them but obviously time is tight um, and you get your new schools then the next year um, so the sustaining project is very much about how do we keep it going like you say when you've got mastery specialists in a school it's easier to keep things going because you've got somebody here all the time that people can go and pop to you don't have that if you don't have that, that resource in your school um, so the sustaining project works with schools who've already engaged with the TRG um, and works at developing those schools. So, for example, um, for London North East Maths Hub, I've got 25 schools um, who've already been in a TRG, and they work in five groups of five. So they have a lead from each of those five groups who I work with very closely to look at what CPD do we need across the 25 schools, um, what do people still need to see, what, do, what issues are people coming up against, what have people really not got um, a solid handle on what that looks like, and it... I don't know whether it's the same across other math subs, but anecdotally, it's always, what does greater depth look like? <laughs> or what do I do for my struggling learners? So it's the extremes, and those are people's genuine concerns when it comes to mastery, is about what what's happening for the children who are slower, maybe, or lower retainers previously, and what's happening for those children who are showing, I don't like the term greater depth trial, but are showing that they can understand maths at a greater depth. Um, so the sustaining project very much is kind of building the capacity to continue that work in schools because what you don't want is to spend a year working with schools and then for it to not continue after that specialist is not attached to that school anymore. 
So what would you say, obviously, you know, you, you've, you're enjoying the work tremendously, you've seen the impact it's having. What would you say to somebody who was thinking about training as a mastery specialist, but maybe had some doubts or anxieties about it? I guess it would depend what their doubts and anxieties were. I think if, if it was around, I don't know, I guess time out of school is always a big consideration for mm. people, but it is so worthwhile it is so worthwhile to take that time away from your own setting and i think sometimes in a profession like teaching sometimes that's really undervalued that time out of school um but you need to to clear your head and not it's not it's not the same as it being a weekend is it being away on cpd actually thinking about my school and what it looks like maths looks like in my school is really really important i would say i don't see I would understand people's reservations around time out of school. I guess I would understand people's reservations around, is my school ready for this? But I think nationally, we have to understand that there's 45 million pounds of government funding behind this and whether we're ready or not, we do have to kind of get on with mastery really. It's not going it's away, it's <laughs> happening. Um, so, you know, and actually, if we're worried about schools being ready, the best thing to do is be a mastery specialist because you are going to get the most current CPD around what that looks like, the most current ideas around how to make it work in school. You're going to have a professional, the professional network is brilliant, you know. Um, we're a bit sad we've got a central maths group, maths or WhatsApp group, and you know, <laughs> we talk about maths on it, it's really sad, but you know. Um, having those professional, wider professional networks is really important because schools are so contextualized you know what my school looks like is completely different to what we've got a school three streets away that you walk in there it'd be completely different mm -hmm. so having that kind of local lookout and that national lookout about what's happening is really important and being a mastery specialist really allows you to do that you get to the privilege of going to other schools i've been to one of my schools yesterday and had a walk around you know looked at lots of different math lessons and I always come away with ideas of what we can do here so it is a really really worthwhile thing to be. Fantastic thank you so much Leanne um, if you have been inspired by Leanne to become a mastery specialist and uh, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be um, you can get in touch with your local math hub or with the NCTM and find out more.